Camille turns off her light, sets her alarm, and goes to bed, not even knowing that tomorrow, everything is going to change. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. Hey everyone, summer is here. I'm so excited. Are you excited? I'm stoked. One of the things I'm stoked about is our Summer Slam. It's Firmly Founded's first in-person event during the summer, and it is happening July 30th in Sandy, Utah. And we're super excited. The theme of our Summer Slam is Sidekick to Hero. Now, this is an in-person event for parent and teen. It's an all-day event where you're gonna be hanging out with me and the other Firmly Founded coaches in person, getting amazing mental resilience training that's going to get you ready, not just for the next school year, but all the years following this one as well. And it's going to get mom and teen ready. So if you want to come, tickets are now on sale. Go to firmlyfounded.com slash event to get yours now. And now episode 78, Falling Through the Cracks. Camille reaches over to snooze her alarm, but finds that her arm is woefully too short. She discovers that not just her arm, but her whole body has shrunken overnight. She is barely more than two inches tall. And to make matters worse, she's going to be late for school. She journeys to the edge of her bed and slides down her blanket and heads to her closet. Now, obviously, everything in there is much too big for her. So she scurries to her little sister's room, finds her Barbie doll collection, and the clothes are still much too big for her, but she throws them on anyway. She jumps down each step on the stairs, finds her backpack in the living room, which is much too big for her to carry, and pulls out one pencil, which is taller than she is, and rips off a piece of paper from her notebook, rolls it up, and tucks it under her arm so she can take notes. Her mom drops her off at school, only commenting on her unfortunate change with a, you can get through this, honey, and a, call me if you need anything. Not realizing that Camille doesn't have her phone on her because it is now three times bigger than she is. Camille makes it to her first period class, math, just as her teacher is starting. She has to trek clear to the back of the room where her seat is, lugging her pencil all the way. As she approaches her desk, looking up at the tall seat she has to climb, she slips into a crack in the floorboard and falls straight down. The part of the school you can see stays pretty clean, but the part under it that nobody sees is dirtier than ever. Dust, cobwebs, Mildew and the sounds of disgusting creatures fills her senses. And worst of all, she can't hear what a teacher is saying. By the time Camille finds a way out from under the school, around to the front, and back to her classroom, the period is over. Great, she thinks. Now I'm a whole day behind in math. 
The next day, Camille is able to avoid the crack in the floor by her seat, shimmy up the chair leg, and take just a few notes with her giant pencil. It is, after all, much harder to take notes when you have to bear hug your writing utensil. She manages to make it all the way to fourth period, hefting her pencil everywhere she goes before she slips through another crack in the floorboards in English class. You find that it's hard to look down when you have to keep looking up to make sure you don't get stepped on. The week goes on, Camille only able to take meager notes and missing large chunks of class time due to her arch nemesis, the crack in the floor by the library, her sneaky rival, the gap in the floor between the hallway and the door to her science class, and her worst nightmare, the split in the wood at the start of the lunch line in the cafeteria each landing her in the rat-infested underworld of the school. But she keeps pushing on. On Friday, she is even kind of excited to turn in her math project, more excited than she had been all week. In fact, she is so excited that as she slides down her seat and starts to run up to the front of the room, she forgets about the crack in the floorboard by her desk and slips right through. As she lays on the dusty cement slab under the school, she looks up into the stream of light coming in from the crack above her. She can see the bottom of the shoes of normal-sized students as they make their way to the front of the classroom to turn in their project and head off to their next class, not one of them even noticing her struggle. And the bell rings. Then Camille breaks. She sobs large sobs that produce tiny little tears as she thinks, why is this happening to me? Why isn't anyone helping me? How can I ever make it like this? She sobs for a good long while, through second and third periods. Then, fourth period starts, and in walks Amelia, a blind student. Camille watches through the crack as Amelia sits in her seat, takes out her materials, and does math. She follows along in a Braille math book, uses an app on her device that reads equations to her, and even has a tactile ruler so she can feel the numbers on it. Camille watches Amelia with fascination, and she can't decide whose difference is worse, hers or Amelia's. Just as she is pondering that thought, Amelia knocks her ruler off the desk, and it lands on the floor right over the crack above Camille. No one offers to help her, but by what Camille could tell, Amelia would have politely declined anyway. She reaches down to feel for her ruler. It takes her feeling in several spots before she touches it, picks it up, and then gets back to work. Camille stands wipes her eyes, and says to herself, okay, that's enough. The next Monday, Camille arrives at school with determination and her pencil strapped to her back. She works hard to follow the mapped out paths she made in her head over the weekend that would avoid the most foot traffic and cracks in the floor at school. She tries to turn things in early and decides to be okay if she turns things in late. But she works her butt off. During lunch, she crosses the cafeteria in a hurry 
narrowly avoids being run over by the custodian pushing a trash can, and she steps right into the split in the wood at the start of the lunch line. But she doesn't fall through. Not all the way, at least. You see, her pencil is strapped to her back, long ways, and stops her from falling all the way through the crack. An idea she got from staring up at Amelia's ruler as it lay crossways over the crack in her math class. Camille dangles over the school's underworld for a moment before she swings her legs up and gets herself out. Proud of her newfound independence, she gets in line for lunch, committing herself to getting a bowl of ice cream for dessert. She doesn't know how she's going to carry it, but she knows one thing. She'll be the one to figure it out. All right. So that story was based off of a conversation I had with a friend of mine, fellow life coach, Camille Roney, who is actually with us on the show today. How's it going, Camille? Hi, Joey. I'm so well. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, of course. Thanks for being here. Thank you for letting me take uh, uh, your story and fictionalize it. Uh, however, my brain saw fit. That story, obviously, that didn't really happen to her. She didn't fall. She didn't, you know, shrink over overnight and fall through cracks. But when I was talking with her about her experience in her life with education, she used that phrase that she felt like she was one of the students who fell through the cracks. And that was kind of the inception for that idea of that story. So, Camille, why don't you tell everybody kind of just a brief history about you and what your experience was. Oh, thank you so much. You're absolutely right. I was, uh, at least in high school, I had at the time undiagnosed ADD. Mm -hmm. And although I wasn't, I wasn't what most people would classify as a trouble student. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very quiet. I kept to myself. I didn't have a very, you know, a tight knit friend group. And I barely scraped by academically. I I think if you look at my academic transcripts from high school, I've got the exact grade that you need to pass in like every class. I'm sure there was some massaging um, on part of my teachers, but it was, academia wasn't even on my radar at the time. I was going through a lot at home. I had a lot of um, very difficult things happening in my personal life. And it was, it was just a miracle that I made it through high school. And it wasn't until I decided to go back into academia later as an adult, a non-traditional student. Crazy person, you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I was under this beautiful, naive impression that my life experience alone, because I had achieved success by a lot of people's definition in that time, I believe that that would carry me through Mm -hmm. academics. I was like, oh, maybe I should study. I honestly hadn't studied through high school before. And now in university, I was like, oh, this will be fine. I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll do my homework. I'll read the textbooks. That did not work. That did not work for me. And the resources that I found online, generally speaking, suggested study harder, study more, study longer. You know, that thing that's not working, do more of that. That makes sense. And yeah, of course. Of course that was just the this overall 
hustle mentality about studying and getting those grades. And I worked my butt off to bear, once again, barely pass. So it wasn't until I took matters into my own hands, I discovered coaching. I literally, I became obsessed with learning how to learn. And now I get to share that with others. And my big claim to fame, even as a person with ADD, and then later on in my second year in university, I had my son and I didn't stop going to classes. I just, you know, you, you make it work. I brought my GPA from a 2.3 to a 4.1 by studying less, studying more effectively with the time that I had and figuring out what worked for me because working harder, working more was not working for me. Mm-hmm. That sounds like one of those impossible sales pitches. You want to bring up your GPA from 2.8 to <laughs> 4.1 and study less than you are right now. Uh, so like that, that led you to where you are now and your life coach. And uh, mm-hmm. who do you work with? I work with high school and college students everywhere from ninth grade to fourth year med school. We look at essentially two themes. In one group, we have students who for one reason or another, need higher grades, whatever their big dreams are, their goals, whatever, if they have a learning disability, a full sports ball schedule, whatever is happening, we make it work for them. The other group, if you will, are getting killer grades at the cost of their sanity, at the li- at their life outside the classroom. And they're putting all of their self-worth, their self-value is dependent on their next great on their midterm. And that's unhealthy. So the analogy that I like to use is you can tutor someone on, let's say, chemistry. We can, we can work on chemistry formulas all day till you're blue in the face. But if you sit down and the first thought that comes through your mind is I suck at chemistry, that's the outcome you're going to yield. doesn't matter how hard you study. doesn't matter how much you look at that, the words on the textbook in front of you. Some other changes need to happen first. And that's when the progress gets made. Well, nice. And that, that kind of sounds like the secret for an awesome life that mm-hmm. I kind of pulled out from our conversation and the story that I uh, wrote about your experience. And I phrase it like this, uh, and then let me know if you would add to it or take away from it. But your goals become available the moment that you make the decision that it is at least possible for you to accomplish them, no matter your perceived disadvantage. Now, that was pretty much word for word, what, like how you worded it to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say about that or add to it? Or... Yeah, the, the two key words that I want to pull out of there, I want to highlight and emphasize is decide. Mm-hmm. It has to be a conscious decision. Decide your outcome, the desired outcome that you're after, the steps that are going to take, be flexible on those, but you're deciding that it's possible Mm -hmm. for you. Possible doesn't mean that you have to believe it's going to happen for you. You it, It seems like a much more palatable, like a taking a smaller bite at first, because it wasn't overnight that I, that I accomplished that 2.3 to 4.1. That wasn't an overnight thing. But the decision that it was going to happen was, that was, that was a moment mm. because I saw my peers 
And I had, I had a great deal of evidence to support that they were nothing like me, that we had nothing mm-hmm. in common, that they had everything going for them that I didn't. It was just a story I was telling myself and I didn't have to believe it, but I saw them achieving what I wanted to achieve. So I knew that it was possible for someone to do well on this next test. I knew that it was possible eventually for myself because I'm a human being with a brain and brains can be trained. Mm-hmm. I was, I had, I, the, the phrase, the way I like to phrase it is like, I had mastered a very specific way of studying and I now had tons of evidence on what type of outcome it yields. I started treating it just as data, just collecting data. It was, it would be pretty hard to do any worse than I was. Mm-hmm. So let's switch it up a little and see what type of outcome that yields. And what if we change this little thing? What type of outcome does that yield? It's all just data. So who are we talking to here, right? What, what teen or college student do you want to be listening to this and be like, oh, oh, she's talking to me. How would you describe mm, them? That's a beautiful question. Thank you. I try. If you've ever entertained the thought that this grade is going to cost me blank, whatever that means, I don't get to spend time with my friends. I don't get to sleep through the night. It's going to cost me an all-nighter. It's going to cost me performance on a next sports ball game. It's not true. It can, but it doesn't have to be. Or if you've ever thought, that's not possible for me. I would love to be a vet or an astronaut or like what, whatever comes up. If you've ever thought, but I'm not smart enough. That's a lie. Mm-hmm. I need, need that to resonate with you. That is a lie. It doesn't matter how much data and evidence you have to support that you're not smart enough. By the way, what does that even mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm sure most of us know at least one person who can get straight A's and, and couldn't fight their way out of a, a, a wet paper bag, as the, mm-hmm. as the old saying goes. <laughs> but your GPA, your test scores, they're all just numbers. They're just numbers and they can change. They're completely adaptable, just like your beautiful, incredible, dynamic brain. If you get the right support that you need, if you get the help that you need, and it doesn't have to cost you a single thing. Nice. That was beautiful. Well put. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So let's, before we end, what... What tip do you have for someone who is struggling, who feels like they are falling through the cracks? I know right now it's the beginning of summer. So school is mm-hmm. probably the last thing on people's minds. They're like, Woo-hoo, I don't have to think about this. But for the people uh, listening now, thinking about the fall or the, for the people who listen to this episode a little bit later uh, when school is in session, what, what's like one tip you would have for someone who feels like they're falling through the cracks? My first is my, my invitation is to self-advocate. And I know for some, it is so uncomfortable to ask for help, but it doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. And you're not asked, uh, here's the thing, asking for the support that you need to succeed is not asking for a free pass. You're not asking for the teachers to like wave a magic wand and just give you an A. You're asking 
for help learning. And I promise you, your teachers do not get paid enough to be in it for the money. Mm-hmm. Your teachers, your professors, they want to see you succeed. They want you to come back to the high school reunion or college reunion, whatever it is, 20 years down the road and shake hands with them and tell them all about how all the amazing things that you've accomplished. So ask for help because it's available. And if that doesn't work the first time, ask for help from someone else and someone else and someone else. Because if it takes a thousand times and you haven't gotten anywhere, it might be the thousand and one time, might be the next. But there is support out there. You are perfect exactly the way you are. You don't have to do anything to be worthy of something like an admission into some prestigious school to be a valued human being. And I welcome all of you to entertain that it's possible for you to succeed academically in and outside the classroom. Whatever, whatever is your passion, follow it. Well put. Self-advocate. It's, it's on you to take that initiative to get the help that you need to stop yourself from falling through the cracks. Uh, yeah, that's totally within your power. Love that. All right, Camille, where can people find you if they're like, ooh, I like this chick. Where can I find her? <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is the learning mom. Uh, you can also find my website at nontradaccelerator.com. And that was non-trad? Correct. No, it's a non-traditional accelerator. Correct. Yes, non-traditional accelerator. That's right. Nice. Well, Camille, thank you very much for coming on my podcast. Thank you so much, Joey. Did you know that every goat has a coach? Those who have been the greatest of all time have always had a mentor or coach to help them get the best out of themselves. And that's what the coaches at Firmly Founded do for teens in our coaching membership, the Firmly Founded Teen. We help teens stop procrastinating, end self-doubt, eliminate awkward conversations, and conquer anxiety. Learn more about our program and when doors are opening next at firmlyfounded.com slash teen. Every goat has a coach. It's time that you get yours.